Hello, moms and dads. Welcome to my Raising Leaders podcast, where I talk about how to raise your children as leaders. I've worked with children and youth for 15 years, and I've raised three children of mine who are now all young adults. So I talk about my work and experience here and hope to help you do your parenting job better. Because trust me, parenting is a real job. Now, this is my part two of the topic that I started a couple of weeks ago, which is war at home, how to handle sibling rivalry. I have had quite some interesting feedback from this particular uh, episode, you know, the last episode and, and this topic uh, seem to have attracted quite a bit of attention and I like that and so some of you have reached out to me uh, sending me your comments on that last topic and I thank you I thank you for that all right if you haven't listened to it I urge you to go back and listen to that part one same title but part one all right interestingly one mom who is also a partner uh, a mom partner with me in, in our prayer group commented that often the favorite children have earned it. I'm going to say that I said, often the favorite children have earned it. I, and to, to an extent, I agree with her. I agree with her. So I'm going to speak a little about that before I talk about the couple of points that I have for, for this uh, episode. So let's talk about the favorite child first, the favorite child. I tend to regard, you know, this child, this favorite, because I think we all have them, if we want to be true to ourselves, we all have them. And so I think this is where I'm going to talk a bit about diplomacy, you know, because if I say we don't have them, it, it's a lie. But you remember last week I was talking about my mom's um, example, which I borrowed from. And had I not have that example, I might have fallen into the same trap of, you know, this favorite, uh, quote unquote, favorite child. Because this, this part of mine says they earn it. And I think this is what she means. And I'm speaking now from my own experience because I have perhaps what you would consider the favorite child as well. And I'll tell, I'd like to call this child or this children that we regard as favorite children. I'd I, 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 I like to call them or call mine my tender child. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Because I think that's what this lady was referring to as, you know, as the fact that they earn it. This tender child or TLC child, if you like, they're usually, usually, and not all the time, but they're usually the last born child. And we think, or she thinks, you know, and, and I think most of us think that way too, that they deserve it or they earn our favor because of the way they care for us. They're usually more attentive to us. They're usually uh, um, 
kinder to us. They give us more of their time. Even when they're grown, they, you know, they just tender towards us. They're probably more obedient as well and hate to see us upset or hate to, you know, argue with us. And they rarely, rarely, you rarely see rebellion in them. They don't rebel. You know, I have one like that. So they rarely want to, you know, do anything to upset you. Now, whereas it, it, it could be true to say they deserve it, but when I examine myself, and that's why, you know, I do this podcast because I want to, I've worked with kids for many years, but I think it's time to begin to work with their parents as well because sometimes we work with the children and if we don't get, you know, a, a partnership in the home, then it seems as if the seeds that we've sown into the lives of the children, you know, has gone to waste because it, it needs to work together. So back to the point, when I examine myself, and I'm saying that because I need parents to begin to examine themselves, I realize that this child is different from my other children, and he's my last one. He's different from my older children because of the time that I invested in him. <laughs> I hope you heard that. And so what then happens is most times our firstborn child, I'm going to talk about the psychology of firstborn and lastborn in a minute, maybe psychology of the middle child as well. But the firstborn child is usually sometimes the most controversial or the most um, rebellious, if you like. They stand up against us. They criticize us. They, they're usually like that <laughs> because they're firstborn. And because they're firstborn also means that they're the children we had when we hadn't gotten things together in our lives. You know, for some of us, when we had them, we probably were still in school. I'll speak for myself. My first and last and second born, I was doing my master's program at the time when I had them with me. And so I barely had time for them. When I had my first child, I was working and I would leave home as early as 7 a.m. in the morning and sometimes didn't get back until about 9 p.m. So it's often the investment of time that produces the results that we see in the last one because the last ones we had time for them in my case when i had my last one i had already left my um nine to five job if you like i was working in a big establishment at the time and nine to five it's it's it, i can't even begin to talk about nine to five because i was at work i was working with a chief executive so i was at work till 9 p.m most times when i was when i had my first and my second child but by the time i had my third child i had retired early retirement all right i had retired at and I was running my business. And so it was my time. And, and, and I had time at home. I didn't have to leave so early. And when I left, I always took him with me. 
I always took him with me. And I'm going to say something now that's probably going to shock you. Because of this, my middle child, who is also a boy, said something to me one day that probably made me, you know, uh, awaken me to this sibling rivalry early enough. He was perhaps maybe five at the time. And he noticed that, yeah, it probably was six or seven because there's five years in between them. And he noticed that I always took my last child, the baby, to work. I was home till 10 in the morning, sometimes 11. And when I left, you know, I took him with him. And days that I didn't take him with him, I was back for lunch to feed him and then went back. And then I was home latest by 6 p.m., and then he said something. He said, Mom, he said, why do you love my brother more than me? I, I was shocked to my bones. But if you remember what I said in the last episode of this podcast, I said, don't confirm it. Deny it. Refute it. Even when they're thinking like that. Now, this is how my son was thinking, my middle son. So I said to him, I don't. What made you think so? Now, I needed to get into his mind. What made you think so? And he then said, and this is to tell you how children think, you know, differently from how we think. Again, I'm probably going to do a podcast on that it's psychology of kids you know how kids think it's totally different and so we need to know how they think so we know how to communicate with them so I asked him I said why do you think so and he said because you always take him with with you when you go to work you don't go to work as early as you did when you had me and you're always back before dark but when I was small You never came back before dark and you left very early and you were rarely around. And to him, that meant I loved his brother more. And so I had to correct that impression quickly, immediately. I don't love him more. I love you all equally. I love you just as much. I love him just as much as I love you and love you just as much as I love him. And then I made a point to make sure I went to school to pick him up every afternoon. I dropped him in school every afternoon, uh, every morning. I made a point to take him also to my business whenever he wasn't in school. Because I wanted to correct that impression. Are you getting me? And so... Oftentimes, what this, the, the, the uh, harvest that we get in the children that we regard as favorite children is a function of the seed that we sowed in them. The seed of time, the seed of knowledge, because then we know better. We are now experienced. And I mean, nobody went to parenting school. We all learn as we went, Right. And so the parent you were when you had your firstborn is definitely not the parent you were when you had your third or your fourthborn. You've learned from some mistakes that you made, 
but I think what then happens is we correct the mistakes that we made in the first and the second and the third and the fourth and so on but we think it's too late to go back and correct with the older ones and it may be but it may not be too late and so in the future i will be also talking about how we can correct this impressions even in our older kids and how we can retrace our steps but for today let me go to a couple more points that i have in this topic last week i ended with don't overreact right and again please please go back and listen to that uh, episode it's really really important right um because if you have not listened to it uh, sorry because overreacting rather overreacting when one of your children makes a mistake or the ones that are prone to mom mistake when they make mistakes uh, or getting overly excited when the you know the, the the successful ones become successful or they get wins that would naturally create rivalry or even resentment amongst the siblings so when you're always overreacting when the the one that i described as either slow or unorganized when they come out in character right and then the others that are more organized when they do this and then you get excited because it then seems that even without you comparing sometimes when you're excited about the winnings of these quote and unquote the successful ones and the ones that are still learning you know you you overreact and you scold them or you're always looking out for their mistakes that would create rivalry that would create resentment between them and so when i say don't overreact it's positively or negatively don't overreact positively not only don't get overly excited when the ones that win keep winning and then don't get overly disappointed with the mistakes of the ones that often you know make mistakes help them help them and i'll get to that in the future let me talk about one point for today um which is avoid first born pressure avoid first born pressure first borns oftentimes are put under a lot of pressure and it creates resentment in them i was working with um a, a young teenager and she talked about how she was always angry you know one of the issues we're working with is about anger and she was angry and we tried to get into the the cause of the anger and she didn't know this perhaps the parents don't know this but as we you know began to dig further and further we realized that the anger some of the reasons for the anger is because she feels burdened by the responsibilities put on her as the eldest in the family and that she, you know she displayed anger and resentment towards the younger ones because she feels look why do i have to do all of this why do i have all this responsibility why can't i just be enjoy my life why do i have to do this and do that so avoid that pressure i'm not saying don't give them responsibilities but walk them through it why they have those responsibilities why it is 
useful or how it's going to be useful for them later on in life and all of that. Avoid putting them under unnecessary pressure because you find out with firstborn, we overcorrect them, we overtrain them, we push them to do this and do that and do this because they're firstborn. Be careful, be careful not to push your firstborn over the edge. Be very careful because a number of firstborn children have been pushed over the edge. All right, last point today is avoid last born laxity. I talked a bit about this earlier on, you know, when I was talking about the favorite child or the TLC child. You know, in, in a manner of speaking, these children sometimes are allowed to get away with murder. The things we never overlooked with the firstborn or secondborn, we will overlook for the fourthborn or the fifth child. For those of you that have, you know, more, more children. And the older ones are wondering, mom never allowed me to do that. Mom would have, you know, spanked me if I did this, right? So as much as possible, whether they're first or last, use the same measure, the same measure of praise, the same measure of uh, correction. Use the same measure. Remember I said in the last episode that children sense stuff. So you don't have to say it. You don't have to say she's my favorite. You don't have to say, you know, I, you know, I love him more. They can tell. But when you leave no room, when you leave no room and you allow the children to prove themselves, then it's clear. One day, my first child, who is a girl, said to me once, Mom, I don't know what you put in so-and-so, my, my brother, um, and referring to the last born, he's just different. What I put in him was time. What I put in him was understanding. But I think we can all do that. We can go back. Because when she said that, I realized, okay, I need to go back. We can go back. It's never too late to put in that time, that love, that understanding. Okay? So I'm going to stop here today. And I'll come back and talk about a few more points that we can learn from to help us in this journey. It's looking like this topic is going to take us into part three, perhaps part four. All right. So thank you for listening. Please send me your reactions, your questions or comments. Let me know how this podcast are impacting you. You can drop me a voice note here on the podcast or send me a message on WhatsApp 234-823-315-0815 or reach out to me on social media. Again, for mothers who would like to join us, our prayer group on WhatsApp, please also reach out to me uh, or to whoever sent you this podcast. Thank you for listening. This was a rather long, but thank you for listening. This is Coach Lara wishing you happy parenting. Bye now.